to talk on a subject I entitled Breaking Free from Demonic Strongholds. Breaking Free from Demonic Strongholds. Come with me to Judges chapter number 6, verse number 25 to 28. Judges number 6 from verse 25 to 28. Amen. That same night, the Lord said to him, take the second bull from your father's head, the, sec, the, the one seven years old. Tear down your father's altar to Baal and cut down the asteroid pole besides it. Hallelujah. Oh, I can't hear you at all. Are you in church? Oh, I said, are you in church? Then let me feel you. Then build a proper kind of altar to the Lord your God on the top of this height using the wood of asteroid pole of the asteroid pole and cut down, offer the second bull as a burnt offering. So Gideon took the ten, took ten of his servants and did as the Lord told him, but because he was afraid of his family and the townspeople, he did it at night rather than the daytime. In the morning when the people of the town got up, there was Baal's altar de demolished with Asherah's pole besides it cut down and the second bull sacrificed on the newly built altar. Here ends the reading of his holy word. Oh, are you in church at all? Are you hungry this morning? All right. Amen. Breaking free from demonic strongholds. Now, we know from those of us who have been here, we started by looking at the first few uh, verses of chapter 6 in Judges where the Midianites had held Israel captive so that any time they had a harvest, the judges, uh, the the, the Midianites will come and with their spears and their swords and bully them and take them away from the food away from Israel. So here was Gideon trying to hide the little wheat that he had harvested to thresh it on the threshing floor and the angel of God appeared to him. And the angel of God said that I am going to send you on a battle to liberate the people of Israel. And Gideon said, how can I go? I am the least in my family. And my family is actually the least of the, of the families of Israel. And he said, go in this might. I'm going to wrath victory through you. Hallelujah. You know, a stronghold is something that holds you captive and bound. Something that holds you in such a state that you cannot free yourself. Your wealth is cut short and your wealth becomes smaller because of a stronghold. I gave you two different types of uh, horses. Once wealth was free, the horse could roam and run around and do everything he wanted to do because he was free. Amen. And the other horse, as I'm talking, you should look for the horse and put it there by now. The other horse is restricted. So his wealth is three steps to the left and three steps to the right, two steps in front and two steps backward. And that is it. That is the whole world of this particular horse as against the first horse. The reason is that this horse is bound. Hallelujah. This horse is bound and its movement is restricted. Hallelujah. And I said to you last week that a man planted a good, a lot of good seeds. But while men slept, an enemy came and planted in its place or beside it tests. And when the householder looked, it 
the, the, the wheat had developed tears. And the servant said to the householder, should we go and approach the, the tears from the wheat? He said, no, leave them, let them all grow. At the harvest time, you'll be able to differentiate between the tares and the wheat. Am I making sense? It's because when we are alive and moving on, somehow, some way, Satan begins to plant some things in our lives. And the things he plants in our lives take root. And the roots develop. And sometimes it becomes so strong that you cannot cut it down. You cannot uproot it because it has become strong. Amen. You can't uproot a palm tree easily. You can't uproot the cedar of Lebanon easily. I don't care what you use. It's because its roots go so deep down that it builds and becomes strong. Some of the strongholds that we have are like cedar of Lebanon. Hallelujah. Can you hear me? I can't hear myself, guys. Amen. Am I talking to somebody? It becomes so strong that sometimes it's very difficult to break free from it. But when the angel came, the angel gave Daniel the strategy to break free from the strongholds. So we are going to look at what what, uh, Gideon was told how to break free from the strongholds. Remember, the first thing that the angel said to Gideon was that there are gods in your father's house. For those of you who are not here and didn't know what we're talking about or what we are talking about, let me give you a a five-minute recap. I said that strongholds are things that hold you bound and influence the way you behave. It is actually 70% of your mindset. How do you have 70% of a mindset in a certain way? It is in the way that you were brought up. So the area you grew up, the, the environment you grew up in, the myth, the science, the, the, all those things, they form a certain uh, psyche in your mind. And I gave an example of the food that we eat. The, the place you come from determines the food you eat and what you like. That is why in a certain part of the world, especially poverty-stricken part of the world, we, we call the carbohydrate first before the protein. So say rice and stew. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? In fact, the protein, the, the protein is very, very small portion of, of the food. The actual food itself, 60 or 70% of the food itself is the carbohydrates. How many understand what I'm saying? Or 80% is the carbohydrates. The protein is just small. And, and this doesn't matter it doesn't matter how educated you are or not. Oh, some people are trying to spoil my message already. Let me go. Let me move from here. Yeah. In fact, when they put the food down, the father gets the biggest portion of the protein. Then it's like rank, they rank it to the last person. The smallest get the smallest protein. Sometimes you only get the leg of the chicken. I, I mean, I don't mean the thigh. I mean the leg. You know, with the with the three, with the, the feet, the three. <laughs> How many know what I'm talking about? You know, the skinny part of the chicken. The, 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 there's nothing on it. That is what they put on, on your plate. It's a mindset. Then you go to somewhere, you go to another part of the world where the food is an experience to be enjoyed and it's not about the quantity of, of starch or, 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 or carbohydrate, but it's more about the experience, the appearance. They put the food and they, 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 they design something on it and they put a few, a few leaves here, a few something here, a few, then they put some small... Di- hey, is this all the food? <laughs> if you come from the survivor mentality part of the world, when you see a certain thing, you say, is this all the food? Yes, this is all the food. And it's supposed to be enough. 
Hallelujah. Because in those days, most people from those parts of the world, are, they are based on subsistence. They live off the, the field. And so you have to go and work. And so you need a lot of energy. And energy can be found in starch. So you have a lot of starch and gives you a lot of energy to work under the sun and burn it. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm trying to let you know what, what strongholds are. Are you with me? So it makes you, it makes you, you know, wire your, 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 your life in a certain way. Most of us, when you go to your kitchen, your kitchen, your kitchen is full of things that you haven't eaten, but it's still there. Because your mind is survival. The food is finishing in the world. <laughs> so I need to have a lot of it. So you open your cupboard, and there's a lot of tin, a lot of tin ex- that have expired, but they are still in your kitchen. How many know what I'm talking about? <laughs> if you are sitting by your wife, don't you just look straight, look at me, and look confused. They will know I'm talking about them. Hallelujah. It's all survival mentality. We've been born to think that life is about survival. So we must survive. So we, we have, you go into your wardrobe, there's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of clothes you haven't worn in three years. And they're still there. And you can't give it out. You won't wear it because it's, it's about three sizes lower than you. But you feel that if you give it away, you won't have more. Because your mind is wired on survival. I think I'm preaching better than you. Amen in runabout now. Hallelujah. Another, pa- another colleague that is in the same uh, school or has grown up in the same uh, workplace as you, when you go into their wardrobe, it's free. There's only a few. It's what is necessary that is there. And they look even nicer dressed all the time than you. What fits? And what looks good for the season? When the season is over, they get rid of it. Because life is not about survival. I've lost the church already. I've lost the church. So I want you to understand that all these things are working against us. I said to you last week that for Christians, we cannot be demon-possessed because we have Jesus as our Lord and personal Savior dwelling in the temple of our lives, which is our heart. So Satan cannot dwell in the same place that the Lord is. Amen. The light shines in the darkness, John chapter 1 verse 5, and the darkness cannot comprehend it. Am I making sense? So anytime light comes, light confounds darkness. So light and darkness cannot exist in the same space. So we cannot be demon possessed. What Satan uses against you and I are strongholds. He builds strongholds that hold you and make you behave in a certain way. Am I making sense? It makes you behave and think in a certain way. And so, uh, Paul was saying in Romans chapter 12, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. When your mind changes, then you are free from the stronghold that has held you strongly bound by the way you think. Hallelujah. So this particular sermon or teaching is so important for you and I as Christians because it doesn't matter how much tongues you speak. It doesn't matter how many Bible verses you know. If you don't deal with strongholds, you remain where you are. And it will look as if God is not strong. It will look as if God doesn't exist. Because the thing that is, is actually making you behave that way is within you. Let me show you how strongholds work. Strongholds are suggestions in your mind that you agree with. Because you agree with them, 
it gives them a fertile ground to grow. Most of the strongholds are like pets. How many love your pets? You love your pets. But that pet is the one that's going to kill you. You are growing the pet. The pet is growing. It's actually, it looks like a cat now. But it's actually a lion. One day, it's going to develop teeth. One day, its paws are going to get strong. One day, it's going to become Mufasa. And it's going to destroy you. But now it looks like a small, harmless cat. Kitty, 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 kitty. But it is that one that is going to. A little pornography. A little pornography. Oh, it's for my eyes. It's for my pleasure. It is, it is not causing any problem. No one is getting hurt. No one is. It's only me. I'm only looking. But it is that same thing that is going to destroy you one day. Ah, I think I'm preaching better than you're amening. Because it is that same thing that is becoming a habit. Let me tell you, a, 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 a culture is developed by a habit. A habit becomes a pattern. A pattern becomes a behavior. A behavior becomes a stronghold. Ah, I don't know whether you're... And a stronghold becomes chains that binds you. And sometimes you want to free, free yourself, you can't free yourself. After a while, it becomes an addiction. And once you become addicted, you are now a prisoner to it. Uh, I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. How many understand what I'm saying? You become addicted to it. And once you are addicted to it, the things that you want to do, you can't do it. Then you develop guilt. Then it becomes weakness. You are weak. There's no, you come to church, you feel guilty. As I'm preaching now, you are angry. You can't look at me in the face because it's like I am choking you in the place of your prison. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Strongholds is the enemy within. Is the enemy that holds us. And that enemy is almost stronger than Jesus. It appears that way because you agree with it. Hallelujah. Can you imagine God's people? These are God's people. Israel has been purchased with a price. They have been liberated from Egypt through the Red Sea, through Jordan, and have been brought to the promised land. Look at all the miracles and all the things. The Bible says a cloud of, 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 of uh, fire, a ball of fire by night, and a cloud by day. God guided. They knew God intimately because they could feel God everywhere they were going. Can you imagine you're moving and the cloud is moving with you? In the night, the cloud becomes fire. In the daytime, it becomes cloud. It's, it's a, the glory of God and God will come through the cloud and speak and the war here. It's not now that it's like something said. They could actually feel God talking to them. When Miriam and Aaron misbehaved, God spoke out of the congregation and the congregation heard them. So you've come through all this. Still, Gideon's father had built Baal an altar and had built a pole for Astrid. Little gods. How did they build them? After all the, that God has done and God keeps doing. Let us not point a finger at Gideon and his father. All of us, with all the miracles God has done in our lives, we have our little asterisks and our little bowels that we have put on a high place. Go to that scripture again. Let's look at it. Look at it again with me. Bible says that 
The same night, the Lord said, take the second bull from your father's head. And that the seven-year-old, tear down your father's altar to Baal and cut down Astrid. Astrid's pole besides it. How did the father have Baal and Astrid's pole? How do you have those poles? Strongholds are built on lies. And these lies are truths, little truths that you believe. Even though they are lies. Lies for you, it is truth. Let me give you an example. A young girl brought up in a very... uh, protected environment, family environment. A young girl. girl. One day gets raped by an uncle. A trusted uncle rapes this girl. Now, this girl's wealth is about to turn because something suggests to this girl that she can never ever free herself from this crime and this thing that was done to it. Immediately, the child, the child will go through all the psychology and everything. Oh, they are okay. They are okay. But in between their ears, something tells them that you can never free yourself from this. And they begin to agree with it. Hello? And it develops into bitterness. All men are evil. It doesn't matter how much love they show you. It is ingrained in your psyche that it's only a matter of time. They would tend and be like this uncle. Because this uncle was very loving. Generous until he turned. And so the life of this young girl is permanently ruined forever. Because the stronghold becomes a little tree that is growing. And everything in life will remind this girl of the truth. Your viewpoint is determined by your point of view. So if you see all men as bad, every example in life will remind you of the fact that all men are bad. Am I talking to somebody? You see your life through that rose-tinted glass you have on. Everything will look purple and pink in your eyes. Even when somebody genuinely does anything good for you, you see it through the lens that looks pink. Hallelujah. What does he want from me? So that experience becomes bitterness, which is a stronghold. It doesn't matter how much God you have in your life. That bitterness remains throughout, waiting for the opportunity and the occasion to manifest. And it it controls your behavior. You marry in the house of God, and this poor man is going to be punished for the rest of his life. Because everything he does, your reaction is a punishment. And the truth of the matter is that you never share this secret with anybody of the incident. You are a victim of that crime, but you live in that space of that crime. And everything you do from that day to the day you die is being a victim. And everybody else has to suffer the consequences of it. In fact, psychologists say that most people that are abused grow up to abuse others. Am I talking to somebody? You also one day look for the occasion to abuse other people because you are abused. So your whole life, and it doesn't matter how much church you have in you. Doesn't matter. That's why I said last week that you cannot out church a bad behavior. How many understand what I'm saying? You cannot outpray an evil stronghold in your life. You can't outfast it. The only thing you can do for a stronghold is what we are about to talk about. Number one, you need to identify them. Someone say identify. 
what the angel said to Gideon was go and remove that Baal and that Astrid from their place. You cannot go and remove something that you can't see. Am I making sense? So in your life, if you can't see a stronghold, you can't remove it. You need to identify the strongholds. So we are going to talk about how to identify strongholds in your life. Please, please, for heaven's sake, don't deny and live in denial. Because the greatest way Satan can hold you bound is when you deny the lies. Amen. So anything that has longevity, that has been in place for a long time, and established with roots in your life is a stronghold. Don't worry, I'll I'll break it down and make you see it. Sometimes, how many have heard this before? What did your grandfather die of? Cancer. What did your father die of? Cancer. What did your uncle die of? Immediately, it begins to Build in your mind that you too, cancer will take you out. Oh, I'm talking more than you're amen, you know. How, how many understand what I'm saying? So it becomes a fear. And that fear becomes real. It plays on your mind. And then one day you see a pimple. Immediately you remember the pimple that you saw on your grandfather, that you saw on your father. And then you begin to see. Then you can see your own end. Immediately your life flashes behind, be, before you and you are seeing the beginning of the end. And Job said that the thing that I greatly feared has come upon me. Am I talking to somebody? Yeah. It, it starts with a thought that you agree with. It's almost scientific. My great-grandfather died of it. My father died of, my, my grandfather died. It's genetic. I'm also going to go out. It's in our genes. Hallelujah. You start looking, there are some families, they can't marry more than 10 years. You're divorced. Your, all your aunties are divorced. All your cousins, they don't can't hold a marriage. But the one that looks like his marriage is a concubine. How many know what I'm talking about? All the men are unfaithful. Or all the men are drunks. It's not a genetic thing. If you agree to it, it becomes genetic. If you disagree, you see, the way to build, to, to, to break a stronghold is to disagree. The day you disagree with it, that's the day it loses its power. The day the horse decides that I will not be bound, I'll put my horse back. How many can see that this horse is actually, no, 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 not this one. Yeah, this horse here, look at what is tying the horse. A little rope. And a little wood. How many will agree with me that the wood and the rope are nowhere in terms of strength compared to this horse? That's how strongholds look like. The Bible says that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. What you have inside of you, the potential you have, the capabilities you have, the, the strength you have inside of you is bigger and stronger than the stronghold that is holding you back. Put the, the free horse back. The free horse. Now look at this horse. This horse is exercising its full potential. It's free. It is vivacious, living, strong. Hallelujah. Strong. Achieving its maximum potential. When you don't achieve the maximum potential you have, it's an indication that you are something that is binding you. There's some, some strongholds that is not allowing you to achieve your maximum potential. 
look at what has been deposited inside of you and look at where you are exhibiting the level on which you are operating it means there's a chain that is holding you because you cannot really exercise your potential inside of you hallelujah um, i want us to identify the strongholds some of us you were told you're ugly as a child how many know what i'm talking about somebody told somebody and the, I mean, a child, that's for you, you are the ugly duckling of the family. Ugly duckling of the family. Uh, they say your head is big. Ugly duckling of the family. Yeah, it becomes a stronghold. It becomes a stronghold that if you don't take care, it holds your potential down. Because your self-confidence is taken. How many know that in life, majority of your achievement is about how you project and sell yourself. Yes. How many know what I'm talking about? It doesn't matter the education you have. It's all about how you sell yourself. And sometimes how you sell yourself is curtailed by the things you were told when you were a child. So you can't sell yourself anymore. You can't. You, can't, you, you, can't, you, you, you have this inferiority complex. So you don't even know how to talk in an interview. Yeah, it's like, can I offer you water? I said, no, I'm okay. No, please. How are you, please? <laughs> you sit in front of me before we start the interview. You say, how are you, please? Immediately you are out. I'm not. The rest is just we're going to waste time because I don't want to <laughs> do it too quick. How many know what I'm talking about? You are so timid because people who have been bound made you the same victims of their prison they lived in. I don't know whether you are. Your, your mother who was consistently being abused by your father also abused you. Because when your father is not at home and she is in charge, she abuses you to make her feel better. What she didn't realize was that she was also imprisoning you in the prison that she was in. Because it wouldn't be fair that you, she is in prison and you are roaming all over the place. How many understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So you find this young girl who should have been free, who should have really exercised and, and, and achieved her potential is told that you won't amount to anything. Nothing good will come off for you. Just because you can't multiply well. Multiplication is not everything. Just because sometimes when you spell, your spelling goes, you know, left. And you put the E and the R in, in change them. It doesn't mean that you are, you are daft. Listen. I was told I was, I was daft because I had a brother in front of me who was a genius. He was always first. And because my brother was first and I couldn't be first all the time, they said I was, they said you are daft. You're a blockhead. You can't, you can't. And so, because I was told that all the time, I believed in it. So, I also said, then what's the point in me trying to study? Let me be free. So, I like to play. Yeah. How many were like me? Me, I can't say, you know, the father, every father says to me, I was first in class. I can't say that. If I say that, it would be a lie. I was never first. In fact, when you go and I'm looking at my results, I start from the bottom. There are some people that I will beat, you know, Santa Bessino. <laughs> there are about five guys, as for them, I know that they'll be behind me. So when I check their names and I finish all five, then I start looking, hey, maybe, hey, hey, I can't find my name, hey. Then out of 32 children, maybe I'm 28. Say, so, yeah, I've gone up this time. That's what innocent, he always carries the class, so he's always going to be the last. <laughs> then you start looking at innocent if you are watching. <laughs> hey, I'm in trouble. <laughs> I'm in trouble. 
Hallelujah. You know, there was this guy in my class. I'm not going to mention his name. He was always in trouble. He couldn't spell well. He couldn't speak English well. So he didn't like to talk. So we all felt that he just quiet. No, no, he was not quiet. It's just the English that made him quiet. <laughs> so we had this English teacher who was like, where are you coming from? What are you speaking? Are you speaking Greek? <laughs> he was always being punished <laughs> because he couldn't explain himself. But out of school, he is a transport owner of fleets of commercial vehicles in a certain part of the world. Successful guy. Who is laughing? Those of us who are laughing because the mouth. Are you speaking Greek? Deuteronomy, chapters 1, 2, 3, 4, with all the diagrams and pictures. That means you have to copy. <laughs> you know, those uh, revised. Are, no, no, no. It's English. Revised. Standard version. The one that has the drawings. So you draw and then you chapter 1, then you write lines. You are copying the chapters to go and give to the man. <laughs> yeah. He was told that he was daft. I was told that, so I didn't bother. One day I met a teacher, Lenos Anab, and he says that you are not daft. You are just playful. You just don't concentrate. He gave me just three months tuition. And I went and wrote the common entrance exam. And I was the third highest in my school. The one they said was daft. In fact, the whole country, I placed, I think, fifth or so. They said I was daft, so I didn't bother. My brother was first, 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 first. Today, when you see him and you see me, you will think that I'm talking about somebody different. Hallelujah. But strongholds has a way of holding you bound. You need to identify them. How many identify some strongholds? Yeah. He says that let them both grow, the wheat and the tear. Now, how are you going to identify the wheat and the tear? He said that at the harvest time, you will gather, first gather the tear to abound and bind them and bend them. Then you gather the wheat and take it into my barn. Because tares and wheat, they stand straight when they are growing. At the harvest, the wheat falls down. It bows. And the tares still stay straight. Sometimes there's something stay straight. They fight the word you are hearing. They are fighting the word you are hearing. It's because it's a tear. So he's standing straight. The one that bows to the word of God is a wheat. Sometimes you know the right thing to do. Because it bows to the word of God. But then the test is always standing strong against the word. It's time to approve those tests. I said it's time to approve those tests. Am I talking to a church at all? All right. Now let's go on quickly. My time is up. Let's look at how to. So, we have identified strongholds as mental blocks, emotional blocks, physical blocks, personal habits. How many have some personal habits? You know it's a bad habit, but you have it. Generation blocks. The generation that says that let us out church our laziness and one day somehow God will miraculously make us rich. It's a stronghold that holds certain countries bound. Certain families. Monday to Sunday you are in church. You will never work. And you are wondering why you are broke and blaming a witch somewhere. (laughs) 
I don't believe in hocus pocus Christianity. The miracle is in your doing. Am I making sense? When you get up and you begin to do, that is when God blesses your bread and blesses your water. That is when God beats, brings the, the spirit of multiplication into your life. If you're not doing anything, don't expect anything. Are you with me? Because if he's going to increase, what is he going to increase? There's no seed. While the earth remains, Genesis chapter 1 verse 20, uh, chapter 8 verse 22, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest will never cease. Winter and summer, cold and heat, it will never ever cease. As you sow, that is when you are going to reap. One of the mental blocks we have as Christians, modern day tongue-talking charismatic Christians, is the lack of giving. We don't give and yet we want God to bless. How can God bless when you haven't given anything? Give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down and shaking, shaking together and running over. Shall men give to, your, to you for with the measure with which you meet with all, it is the same measure that will be given back to you. If you are not giving, you have a tight arm. You don't pay tight. You don't give offering. You don't bless anyone. Your river doesn't flow to anybody. Your mother hasn't received any money from you in years. And you want God to bless you financially. How is that possible? You are preaching. Listen, lose that survivor mentality. That makes you hoard everything, including your money. That's a stronghold that's not making you wealthy and prosperous. You couldn't say amen to that. Yeah. Bible said, the generous soul shall be made fat. It is more blessed to give than to receive. There's one that gives and it tends to prosperity. There's one that withholds more than necessary and it tends to what? Poverty. The land that receives rain and passes it on becomes a river. The land that swallows everything that is coming to it becomes a desert. Both are lands. One is rich, one is poor. And it's all by the mindset. The environment that the Sahara Desert is surrounded by is all about selfish people. So they also become selfish. So it becomes dry. But the land that receives and passes becomes a stream. Then it becomes a, it becomes a pond. It becomes a stream. Then it becomes a river. And things begin to grow inside it and around it. Hallelujah. Am I breaking some strongholds? After church work, after praying work. Listen, I always say that if you are below the age thirty and you sleep eight hours a day, you are broke, and you remain broke. Mm-hmm. I went to the church. The pastor was insulting. Yes, I'm insulting. I'm lazy. A little sleep. A little slumber. Do you know that eight hours is a third of your life? Twelve hours a day sleeping. Are you normal? Half of your life is wasted. You didn't see half of your life. Hey. And then you spend a quarter of the, half, the, the life that you are seeing on social media. You are not serious. Listen, if you are going to be on social media, let social media pay you. Otherwise, don't be on it. Hey, I am preaching. Oh. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, let's look at how we are going to break these songs quickly. Number one, identify them. Amen. Amen. 
How many can identify some strongholds? Number two. So let me give you some scriptures so you don't think that you didn't come to church. First Corinthians 2.10 Psalm 139, verse 23, search me, O Lord, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. Daniel chapter 2, verse 22. He, the hidden things, God knows them and can reveal them to you. Amen. Number two, find the root cause of the stronghold. I gave you one root cause. Somebody's root cause was a rape. Somebody's root cause of bitterness is that your father died early. Your mother died unexpected. So it's made you angry. You're an angry person. So anger has the better of you. You can't control your emotions. You are now a prisoner of your emotions. Even when somebody's laughing or, or cracking a joke, you, do, you get more angry. Because like, what is there to laugh about? Somebody stares at you and you want to fight. You have a chip on your shoulder. You go to work and you are not a very nice colleague to have around because you have anger problems. And it's because your father, your mother, your loved one died unexpectedly. Find the root cause. Of that stronghold. Go to the scene of the crime. And deal with it. Until I take you the scene where you were raped. From pickets. I can never help you. Go there. And see that. You did not cause the rape. If it hadn't been you. And there was somebody else in the room. It would have been that person who would have been a victim. Stop blaming yourself. Stop playing the victim. I hate people who like to be victims. Poor me, poor me, poor me. Always crying because of your issues. Everybody has issues. I said everybody has issues. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Get up, dust your, the sun off you, and begin to live again. Or am I talking to somebody? Begin to live again. If I were to tell you the number of people who have been raped, you will see that yours was even not as bad. Sometimes you have to look at the ugly incident and deal with it. Process it. Put it in the right compartment and you can lock it and move on with your life. It was his problem, not mine. So Jesus says that, Father, forgive them for they know not what they are doing. If they knew that I was the son of God, they wouldn't have done what they, they are doing to me. So put them in that box and move on. Can you imagine Jesus, they slapped him, spat on him. Hey, me, the son of God, you have spat on me. And then he sits there. You know how those little children sit there and they rug their feet. Hey, Jesus, you can't see what they're doing to me. Why are you still there? Come and kill them. And then he gets angry. Now, he put them in their right box. And then he moved on. Therefore has God so highly exalted him that at the mention of his name, every knee shall bow. And every tongue confess. Am I talking to somebody? Yeah. He did not dwell in the place of his depression. In the place where he was victimized. He moved on. And that is how come now he's exalted. If he had stayed in the place of his crucifixion, there's no way he would have been exalted. Don't stay in the place of your crucifixion. Hallelujah. Don't stay in your place of disappointment. It, it is true that you felt let down. Yes. It's true that you prayed for your, 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 your uh, loved one and they did not live. Yes. But that doesn't mean that God has stopped being God. Am I talking to somebody? 
God never ceases to be God because of that. Stand up. Believe in him again. Become what he has destined for you to become. Hallelujah. So number one, you're doing what? Identify number two. Find a root cause and deal with it, isn't it? Number three. Look for the word of God that deals with that problem. There's always a word that deals with the problems that we have. Amen. In Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, the Bible says, The word of God is living, sharper and active than any two-edged sword, piercing as far as dividing the soul and the spirit, both the joint and the marrow, and is able to judge the thoughts and intents of the hearts. Amen. Number four. Ask for the anointing. Isaiah 10, 27, it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken off your shoulder and the yoke, somebody say the yoke. The stronghold is a yoke. The yoke, his yoke removed from off your neck. It shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Hallelujah. Oh, I want to hear you say amen. amen. Yeah. This, your amen was too strong, Godry. When you are, number, what number we are? Be relentless in your spirit until the yoke is broken. Determine that this thing will not go further than it has gone. Until you become tired of being tired, that problem will still remain with you. Am I talking to somebody? Until we become tired of being what? Tired. Listen, there's more to life than being a side chick. There's more to life than being a dual personality. You are in church, but you are still on drugs. You are in the house of God active, but you still drink. You are, you are in the house of God, but God is not inside of you. Hallelujah. How many understand what I'm saying? You are struggling with all. Until you are tired of being tired, that thing will stay with you. There's a scripture in Hebrews. You have not resisted until bloodshed. Look for that scripture for me. I think it's in Hebrews 2 or so. Until you have resisted until bloodshed, the problem stays with you. 12 what? Four. Hebrews 12, 4. Give me the King James. You have not resisted unto blood, striving against sin. Until you get to the place where that one of us has to die. Either the sin dies or I die. One, ha- one of us will have to go. And I ain't going nowhere. I ain't going nowhere. So this thing has to die. I am not leaving this place until this habit dies. Every habit is killable. I don't care how long that habit has been with you. All it takes is 21 days of going, actively fighting against that habit and doing the opposite of it to break the habit. You shall resist the devil and he will what? Put that scripture up again. Until we begin to resist the devil. No, 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 no. I said you shall resist the devil and he will flee from you. 
James. Submit to God. Resist the devil and he will do what? Submit to the word of God and resist. Resist that urge to be angry. Resist that urge to be provoked easily. Resist the urge to put your uh, what do you, internet on to watch naked women and naked men. How many understand what I'm saying? As you move on. You have not resisted unto bloodshed. That is why the problem still exists. That's why the problem is growing. You need, listen, I don't care how strong a horse owner is. Put that, the horse. Horse who is tied up. Now, brother horse, let me tell you something. If you begin to cause a lot of confusion and commotion in that stable, one day the, the horse owner said, let this horse live. Breaking everything, breaking everything, causing confusion in the heart in the camp of Satan. And Satan will say, Let this one go. This one is too troublesome. And we begin to cause Satan problem and resist him. That's what it means to resist. Causing, chasing your chaser, attacking your attackers, bombing your bombers. And to get to that place. Let Satan be tired before you are tired. Oh, I, didn't, I don't think you heard what I said. I said, let Satan be what? Tired before you get tired. Until you get to that place, he will never leave you alone. Pharaoh will never let Israel go. Hardly. Until we begin to cause his, uh, Pharaoh problems. When his food becomes full of frogs, his water becomes red. His, his, his children begins to die. He's not ready to leave. It's time for us to set confusion in the enemy's camp. I say it's time for us to set confusion in the enemy's camp. Let me give you a few more that we can go home. Are you okay? What number are we on? Six. Develop the faith to destroy the strongholds. Hebrews 2, 14 and 15 Therefore, since the children shared the flesh and blood, he himself likewise also partook of the same, that through death he might render powerless him who had the power of death, that, that is the devil, and might free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. Amen. Amen. One of the greatest strongholds in life is unbelief. When you begin to believe in the word you are hearing. If I were you, this particular message, I would play it in my house, or in, my, in between my ears, until every stronghold that has existed in my life is broken. Because the word you hear builds faith. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. The more of the word you hear, the more faith you build. And the more faith you build, the more you become tricky for the enemy to deal with. Amen. Number seven, prayer, praise, destroys the stronghold. And at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly, there came a great earthquake. So the foundation of the prisons were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. Hallelujah. As 16, 25 and 26. Amen. As 26 says that in that day this song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. He set up walls and ramparts of security. 
Open the gates that the righteous nation will, may enter. The steadfast of the mind will keep in peace, in perfect peace, because his, his mind is stayed on him. Hallelujah. Goes on and on to verse 7. Hallelujah. Until we become prayerful in that area. You see, one of the things you must never do is to deny the fact that you are bound by certain things. This afternoon, what I want you to do is to look at those things. If I were you, I begin to write them somewhere. Identify them. And ask the Lord to help. 